we go. You're listening to Law and Gospel on this Wednesday, March the 8th, in the year of our Lord, 2023. I'm Pastor Tom Baker, and what we have been doing on Wednesdays is going through the book of Proverbs. Proverbs is really an interesting book. It's not a historical book like Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It's more a theological book like the writings of the Apostle Paul and the many sayings of Jesus that are found in the gospel. Therefore, it really does need a pastor. Now, why do I say that? Because when I go through the book of Proverbs, there are a number of verses I have no idea what they are talking about. And so I need to do study of scripture, interpreting scripture, taking a look at the original language, and thereby coming up with what is really being said. So we're going to be looking at Proverbs 19, beginning with verse 1. This is a section that Solomon is writing under inspiration of the Holy Spirit and can be categorized as Avoiding Fools and Foolishness, Part 2. Now, in Proverbs, words really have certain meanings. If you are a believer, you are spoken of as having God's wisdom. If you are an unbeliever, you are considered as a fool because you're looking at Satan's wisdom. So this is found throughout the book, as well as great law and gospel teachings. The law is talked a lot about in Proverbs because it indicates why God says you're not going to heaven because you are not acting the way that he had desired you so to act with the creation of Adam and Eve in the garden. Until they sinned, they were blessed, they were holy, they were pure, they were sinless, until they listened to Satan and ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So, let's take a look at verse 1 of chapter 19. Better is a poor person who walks in his integrity than one who is crooked in speech and is a fool. Now, here we have a great law and gospel distinction. It's a distinction between the believer who is considered to walk in his integrity. Another way to translate integrity is that he is faithful. Now, what does it mean to be faithful? Well, it's clear from the Bible that means to believe the promises and the will of God. So what is God saying? In the day of Solomon, even in the day of Jesus, poor people were looked down upon. Why? because they were not being blessed like the Pharisees were. 
They had many sheep. They wore wonderful clothes. They prayed in front of people. They were considered to be taking care of widows. They were considered great. But a poor person was considered one that was probably being punished for being such a sinner. And therefore, they were looked down upon. Now, the tax collectors were also looked down upon for the opposite reason, because they were Jews working for the Romans to collect taxes, and they were taking more taxes than they should have. They made themselves rich. But God says, he considers a poor person who is faithful to him to be better than a person who is crooked in speech and is a fool. I read an article recently where it talked about Christians are really not better in their morality, but they are different. And the article convinced me that Christians continue to do the sins that unbelievers do. I've been in prisons talking to Christians who committed murder, who stole, who did other crimes and put themselves in jail. But they have become faithful in repenting of their sins and like that tax collector in Jesus' parable, ask God to be merciful to them, uh, forgive them, and they had the assurance that heaven would be their home. Such a person is not better in the sense of other people, but God considers him better if he is faithful, not because of his works, but because of his faithfulness to God's word. That's why every proper pastor, when he preaches a sermon, preaches God's word. If he cannot back up what he is preaching with a Bible verse, he's a false teacher. Remember on the Mount of Transfiguration, God the Father, this is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. Listen to him. And so the disciples went back into the city, preaching in the temple about Jesus. So that's an attitude on the part of God. He considers even a poor person who is faithful to be far better than the fool, the unbeliever, who is crooked in speech. Now that word also can mean crooked in his lips. In other words, what he says is contrary to the word of God. That's why it was necessary to have God remove many, many professors. In fact, over 50 of them from Concordia Seminary why? Because they were false teachers, and God did it in a week. 
rather than in the many years that were considered to be doing. In other words, God regards even a poor person who is faithful to be better in his view and mind than a fool who uses his lips to give contrary views on Holy Scripture. Verse 2, chapter 19, Proverbs. Desire without knowledge is not good, and whoever makes haste with his feet misses his way. Now, what does that mean, makes haste with his feet? Well, missionaries who go overseas can understand that verse because in certain countries, they look at the missionary and if they see him rushing around, walking very, very quickly, it is a sign to those people in that country that he doesn't have his act together. He has to hurry and, and therefore they will not listen to him as they would listen to a missionary who is calm and deliberate in their ways. In fact, for someone to even run was considered very odd. Remember the parable of the prodigal son? It was really the sinful son who took his father's inheritance and he used it in evil ways, got rid of it. When he comes home, it says that his father was at the gate of the city, always looking forward to hoping to see him. And when he saw him, the text says he ran to his son and hugged him. That would have been most unnatural to the people of that day because in running, his legs would be seen he would have to be holding up his robe, and that would be embarrassing. But that's what happened with Jesus on the cross. He ran to the cross in order to be humbled and die for you. So whoever makes haste, that means whoever rushes around. And a lot of people, they hurry through their plans, and therefore they cut corners for quick rewards. That's what this verse is talking against. In Kansas City not long ago, there was a big party going on, and people were on a balcony overlooking the dancing that was occurring below them on the floor. There were so many people on the balcony that it fell to the floor below, killing a number of people. Well, they took a look and examined how that happened and found out that the builder had used materials that were less in cost than he should have been using and were not strong enough to hold those many people on the balcony. He was rushing to cut corners for quick rewards. Therefore, desire without knowledge, without understanding in a wisdom 
the ways of God is not good. Do you know that of the hundred new businesses started every year, over 80% of them fail within a couple of years? Why? Because people start a business and really don't know how to take care of it with proper knowledge. Uh, for example, I had rented a place and was selling clothes at a very inexpensive cost for those who needed them. I got clothes and books and many items from people on my radio show. They sent them. I, I went and picked them up. But the amount of money that I made in selling those items did not even cover the cost of the rental, let alone help me to make some money. So I finally had to close down the business. And I was only able to open it up on Saturday mornings because why? Well, I had the radio program every morning on KFUO. I'm going into my 26th year on KFUO. So I had a desire to help out poor people with inexpensive clothes and books, dishes, all kinds of things, but I did not have the knowledge in putting together a proper business. So whoever makes haste with his feet misses the way. Verse three, when a man's folly brings his way to ruin, his heart rages against the Lord. Wow, that's a really important verse from God's point of view. God, first of all, starts off with man's folly. So this would be an unbeliever. In fact, a word that can be used in the translation is when man's stupidity distorts his way to ruin his heart rages against the Lord. How many times has even a Lutheran pastor heard from his members that something bad happened to them? And they go to the pastor and say, what did I do to deserve this terrible injury or this terrible occurrence where I lost money, I lost my house, I lost my job, I don't have proper children, etc., And we rage against the Lord. Well, that was obvious from the fall of Adam and Eve into sin. If you ask most Christians, who did Adam blame for eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? They will say he blamed his wife. And if you ask, who did Eve blame? He blamed, she blamed the serpent. But a close reading of the text shows something different. What does Adam say? The woman you gave to me, she caused me to sin. Adam blames God. Eve blames God for putting the serpent in the wilderness. This is a very important verse. When you sin as an unbeliever 
and things go to ruin, your heart rages against the Lord. That means it hates the Lord. In fact, every sin you do breaks the first commandment. Take a look at all nine of the other sins. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. That's what the Bible says. And yet, from God's point of view, you are hating God every time you sin because you're trying to be like Adam and Eve They believe Satan. You will become like God, knowing good and evil. So every sin is a experience of not only hating God, but trying to become your own God. Therefore, the opposite of this verse is important to understand. If your heart rages against the Lord because you are an unbeliever and do not have faith, then what leads you to God? namely God's wisdom, faith in his word. And therefore, even in times of distress, suffering, injury, you can still be comforted by the promises of God. Verse four, wealth adds many new friends, but a poor man is deserted by his friend. Well, we really have lots of evidence of that. The best evidence is people who live the lottery, win the lottery. You know, that's kind of interesting. There are some states that anyone who wins the lottery, especially the big prizes, their names are put in the newspaper. Well, guess what happens? they start getting all kinds of calls from relatives, friends, and neighbors. I like listening to YouTube, hardly ever turn on the television. YouTube has so many things. You go to YouTube and then you can put down the subject, lottery winners or whatever you want, recipes, etc. And I saw a recent YouTube where a woman had won over $100 million. She did not have a husband. She had two children, was working two jobs. One was at McDonald's and then another place. So she was real busy. When she won the 100 million, she was so happy. But the article, the YouTube video went on to show how within two years, all the money was gone. So I was real interested. How did that happen? Well, number one, it was like 140 million she won, but she had a choice of paying taxes on it each year or paying a lump sum of taxes, which came to 40 million. Now you would still think 100 million is enough, but she had a boyfriend who had been in jail. He was a criminal. He began to take money from her. He took millions of dollars, bought expensive cars, bought expensive boats. 
she bought lots of things until she was out of money. Wow. And then guess what? She was deserted by her friends. She was separated from them because they knew she couldn't give them any money, which they had hoped for and which they had gotten from her. In fact, if you ever do win the lottery, I'm personally not against the lottery because God, I I bought a lottery ticket once when a pastor told me it was a sin to do that. And I bought it for the purpose of taking it to this pastor, showing it to him and asking him, that is a sin that I am not repenting of. What are you gonna do about it? Now, normally when a pastor does an unrepentant sin, he can be removed from the ministry, but this pastor did nothing about it because he knew his own members were buying lottery tickets. Now, you can spend too much money on a lottery ticket, just like you can spend too much money in eating the wrong kinds of food or going to too many sports or gambling in those areas. So God permits you to do things, but all with caution, not overdoing it. So if somebody wants to go to a baseball game with their family and end up spending $40 for tickets, for popcorn, for drinks, I don't say that that's a sin. But if you do it too often, guess what? you can end up not using your funds in a proper way. So your funds are deserted by you. You're separated from your friends. This is also a warning to Christians who are wealthy to realize what is a real friend. Does a real friend lose you leave you, desert you, separate from you when you become poor, or they try to stand with you and give you the wisdom of God and pray that you'll listen to God's wisdom and be comforted by his promises. Even if you lose your house, uh, your job, don't get a promotion, aren't able to pass to the next grade because you fail the test. That's the difference between someone who is faithful to God versus those who are unbelieving towards God. Verse five is a passage in Proverbs that is said many a time. A false witness will not go unpunished. And he who breathes out lies will not escape. So what is a false witness? It is someone who doesn't tell God's word properly. This statement, this verse, is found in four other verses. Romans, I'm sorry, Proverbs 6:19, 14:5, 14:25 and 19 verse 9. 
This means that every time you sin, you will not go unpunished. Sometimes you may not recognize what is happening to you as a negative consequence to that sin. Sometimes God will wait and give the negative consequence of an eternal hell. But he promises a person will not go unpunished. Take a look at Israel when they rejected God and were sent into Babylonian captivity. Those were God's people that had rejected him. They had made idols out of metal. They had kissed those idols. They had worshiped those idols. They had actually sacrificed their children. These were Israelites sacrificing their children to these man-made idols, which of course had nothing existing behind them. God does not let that go unpunished because it wakes up someone who can realize, boy, I need a savior. That's why John the Baptist's ministry was one of repentance to wake people up to their need for a savior who would come to take away their sins, which Jesus Christ did. Another good law and gospel point of view. Finally, verse six, many seek the favor of a generous man and everyone is a friend to a person who gives gifts. This is really very much in connection with verse four, that wealth brings many new friends. And so it's important. It is a warning to Christians who are faithful but are rich that there can be goodwill from other people. In fact, this can be a problem for a pastor. In most congregations, the pastor is well-loved by his people. Where they should be loving the real pastor of the church even more, who is Jesus the Christ. So we find here in Proverbs, warnings and gifts from God, distinguishing between those who are faithful and those who are fools. Read Proverbs and you'll see the great law and gospel teachings throughout the book. Till tomorrow, God bless you. Listen to Law and Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law and Gospel, please make your check out to Law and Gospel and mail to Law and Gospel P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132, or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. 
We are the messenger of good news worldwide KFUO.